This program is a paid commercial announcement from Jacob Media Partners and does not reflect the views of WPHT or its management. Now on Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, WPHT, HD, WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia. Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor. If we don't move in our own direction, we're going to become extinct. In fact, in some cases, we're close to being extinct right now. Presented by the Law Offices of Pond, Lee Hockey, Giordano. Talk, listen, and speak to the region's most influential leaders. It's Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor. Glad to be here on a Saturday night. Good evening, everyone, and welcome in to Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor as we come to you on Saturday, every Saturday, always on Saturday at 7 p.m., along with J. Doc M. Krause. Great show uh, on tap as we come to the Delaware Valley, J. Doc live here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHD. Absolutely, Joe. And, and uh, you know, listen, one of the hot-button issues in our country, in our city, across the land, uh, is immigration. Okay, and uh, there's so many misconceptions of it, but there's also fears uh, going on with, you know, with uh, American citizens. Um, And so we have uh, individuals on the show tonight that are going to that are going to kind of demystify those myths of immigration. I want the audience to stay with us for the full hour. Lou Ager, president at the Philadelphia Metal Trades Council, business agent, organizer, legal counsel at Operating Engineers Local 542 and. Enrique Rosario, immigration attorney, the law offices of Enrique Rosario, and featured many, many times here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT on the Lawyer to Lawyer Network. So two good guests, Jay Doc, for a great conversation. Uh, We'll get into the opening segment uh, here. I'll toss it over to you. Absolutely. Neither one of these guys are strangers to Talk Radio 1210. It's great to have them both. (laughs) And last time Lou Egger was in the studio, we blew up the phone lines. Lou, how are you, sir? How you guys doing? Everybody keeping safe, wearing a mask, social distancing? That's yeah. What, that's what we're doing right now, man. We're doing this broadcast in a social distance way. We can't ha- we don't have access to the studio, uh, so we're social distancing at my studio. J-Doc is on one end Peace. of the room, and I am on the other, so we're trying to do what's, uh, trying to do what's right. And, and, and keeping it safe. And, Lou, it's, it's great to have you back. You know, we've had, you know, typically with Lou, we do the, the Union Yes, Union No show. We're going to have plenty more of those. Um, but you and I talked, uh, Earl, you know, ab- about the topic of, of immigration, and we also have Enrique Rosario, one of the premier immigration attorneys in the city of Philadelphia. Enrique, how are you, sir? I'm doing fine. I'm doing fine. I was thinking uh, that, um, you know, I've been social distancing with my ex-wife since 2008. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny because I know my wife isn't listening right now. I kind of, we kind of, you know, social distance not naturally. So, um, <laughs> so really the pandemic didn't change anything for us. But having said that, guys, um, we know that, we know that, um, you know, immigration has been a hot topic in the news for, for the last several years and uh, lots, lots to talk about. And I'm going to uh, kind of talk, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to come on first. I'm going to bring on Enrique and ask him, um, Enrique, if, if you would, um, let, let, let's talk about undocumented in, in, undocumented workers in the workplace first. We have so many union workers, uh, you know, who who uh, have concerns about individuals taking their jobs. Um, and, you know, talk, talk to us a little about that and tell us about what type of misconception that is. Okay. Well, I mean, uh, it, I think it should be fairly clear that uh, the employer – is the, the the responsible party when it comes to you know people on the work site 
Uh, and so, you know, the, the law recognizes that and gives them the, the responsibility, obligation to check documentation, to keep files, to uh, to make sure that, uh, you know, the people that they have that, that are, are employed there uh, have a right to work in the United States uh, to begin with, uh, union or non-union. Uh, and so really, you know, the, the worker themselves, in, in many cases, instead of being, quote, the problem, they're often victimized because, you know, it's a, it's a, a common practice in many places to try to bring folks in who do not have the documentation, underpay them, don't give them the benefits that the law requires, all the other things, a workers' comp and all the other things that the law, you know, tries to protect the worker, working man with. So a lot of times, you know, the, the, the conversation is couched in terms of, you know, the, the worker, the, the immigrant, the undocumented person, that's the enemy, when in fact it's, you know, American uh, interest corporations and others who are actually exploiting these folks and uh, taking advantage of them in a very vulnerable situation. And, 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 Lou, you and I had this conversation the other day. You have a similar feeling. Talk to us about that. Well, I have to agree with Enrique. Is it Enrique or Enrico? I'm sorry. It's Enrique. 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 I have to agree with him that, look, we, uh, it's, they don't get exploited because they're immigrants. They get exploited because they're undocumented. And it lets employers um, take advantage of them, not pay workers' comp, not give them safe things. I remember coming home from a, on, on a Friday afternoon around Christmas, and I see a, a young Latino guy, you know, working in a, in a, in a nine, eight-foot ditch with no shoring, no trench box, no no safety thing, no safety right. precautions, and a guy's standing over him, you know, with a track hoe. And I go, what are you going to do if he dies? You just going to bury him, or at least going to tell his family back in in, in Mexico? And, and this is the right. kind of things you see. I mean, I see guys in trench boxes with a rope around them so they can be saved. You see guys, you know, in the emergency room getting hurt. Did you know? You know, they're 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 not going to be uh, taken care of because the the employer doesn't have workers comp. So it's like yeah. we treat immigration and drugs the same way. We try to cut off supply, and we really have to cut off demand. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and, and it's interesting because, uh, you know, you talk about, you know, the, I call them predatory employers, okay? Uh, we You know, we had Barbara Rocky on, on the program a long time ago, and she I looked at her, and she was the head of Philip Osh, and I, I know you know her, Lou, and, and uh, having well. said that, you know, she, she told me a story about, looking at her back window one time because as you all as both of you know these type of jobs that they're they're under the radar type of jobs they're on the weekends they're in the back alleys and this was mm-hmm. and it happened to be in her back alley these these individuals were on a three-story scaffold with with no x bridging in several of the on, on on several of the platforms and literally speaking, she came outside. She was the, um, for anybody who doesn't know what Philippash is, they they handle safety uh, in 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 the, in the labor community, and uh, so it couldn't have been in a worse place for whoever the owner of that company was. But having said that, these individuals, their lives were in jeopardy. She came out, raised hell, and you know <laughs> they they came down. But let me just say something: the workers were actually happy. Because they had no rights, they were being taken advantage of. God knows how much money they were, you know, they were making, and the, and and the predatory employers who picked them up up at the Home Depot or outside Lowe's or whatever um, was taking advantage of them. And of course, he knew they couldn't say anything. So it, it, it's a point well taken. Well, one time um, I, I posted on my Philly Labor platform on Facebook. I typically post the labor news and all that, and I know that, uh, you know, that the AFL-CIO in Washington supports 
immigration issues and and rights for immigrant for immig- immigrants and, and undocumented workers uh you know trying to trying to get them right the point i'm making is i i took a shot one time and i posted a, a, a an afl cio post and i'm at about 20 uh, in regards to undocumented workers and about 20 building tradesmen of which i'm one i'm a building tradesman Me too. Uh, jumped jumped on that and they were completely against it because there's a you know there's some sort of perception that they're coming in from mexico and wherever else they're coming from and they're stealing our jobs well if if i may joe to a certain extent if you looked at you know basically residential framing residential roofing residential concrete has all been has all been going and and in the meatpacking industry is a lot of people um, you know who are being exploited by unscrupulous employers and it has lowered wages especially in the meatpacking industry but let me let me just you know give you my my um two minutes of uh, on this is look every time labor has been down and beaten up the one thing that has consistently saved us is immigrants whether they were chinese and irish in the railroads and in the mines whether they were Jews and Italians in the garment industry and later Latinos going from Puerto Rico in the garment industry, revitalizing the garment industries, whether they were Eastern Europeans in steel and the mines and auto and meat and rubber and, and, and or African-Americans coming from the South. These people, they came here. They didn't come here to work for a minimum age. They came here for the American dream. And there's nothing that provides the American dream like a good union paycheck. I tell the story to people my grandmother's age when she came over. They learned to speak English in our union hall because they were garment workers and and, and they were and they were people you know in in New York and Philadelphia in the garment trade. You, you you would learn to speak English there. So I know that as soon as all of these people here become citizens, the first place they're going to do is knock on the door of the union because they know that we are the American dream. Enrique, Absolutely. I'll give you la- I'll give you last word. We have sixty seconds before we get into our first commercial break. It's all yours, sir. D- don't feel shy to cut me off because you know I have a big mouth. Okay. <laughs> uh, okay. So so look, um, you know, people come here just like uh, uh, Mr. Lou Akers just said. People come here to work to make a better life for their families and for their uh, family back home in their country, but also their, their children here and their grandchildren and everything else. Everybody comes with this idea to have a better life. This is the greatest country in the world. It's still, no matter what people say, no matter the criticism, whatever it is, this is the United States of America, number one country in planet Earth, period, end of story. And everybody knows it. So when they come here, they want to work, they want to establish their family, they want to grow their neighborhood, they want to, you know, educate their children, they want everything that anybody else wanted. The idea that now all of a sudden it's a problem, immigration, well, immigration created this country. And, and so, you know, we wouldn't have a United States of America without the immigrant, without the slave, without the plowman. As we went to the Kelly Drive, you would see they have statues of all that uh, and a beautiful, uh, you know, thing over there uh, where, you know, they give credit to the folks who actually did the work that made this country. And this, the country, really, the unions have been, my father was a member of the International Association of Machinists for 30 years. And I can tell you, the, the working man is what made this country. And so, you know, to, to, to act like the two things are opposite, immigrant versus, uh, you know, union, is, is a little silly because, you know, one feeds into the other. And they're really, you know, uh, two, two hands uh, in the same effort to try to work to make a better life and make a better country. So that, that's my, my time.
Good dialogue going on tonight here on Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor, Lou Ager, President, Philadelphia Metal Trades Council, business agent, organizer, legal counsel at Operating Engineers Local four or 542, and attorney Enrique Rosario is an immigration attorney from the law offices of Enrique Rosario. We'll get to our first commercial break. Back with more conversation after the break. Portions of tonight's edition of The Labor Show are sponsored by Plumbers Local 690, Sheet Metal Workers Local 19, Iron Workers Local 401, and SEIU Local 32BJ, District 1201. This whole nonsense about not giving workers the right to organize with so-called right to work, that's bad. Something like that comes to my desk, I'll veto it, not just because I'm a Democrat, not just because I'm pro-labor, but because I know for a fact that's not very smart. And back here live on Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor as we come to you on a Saturday night here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Uh, right back into the conversation we go, Jay Doc, with Lou Ager and Enrique Rosario. We're going to continue <clears throat> the conversation about the workplace and, you know, for one more segment uh, before we expand the, the conversation in, in segment three and four. Um, uh, Enrique, when you and I talked uh, earlier, talked about a, a system that, that employers must abide by when individuals come in to go to work with ID and documentation. Tell me a little bit about that. Tell our listeners. Okay, so, so when anyone comes to uh, apply for a job, the, the law is is that they're, they're required to produce certain documentation. Uh, you know, we as Americans, we have a driver's license, we have a passport, we have a birth certificate, we have certain identity documents uh, that identify us as who we are. Someone that's not a citizen, obviously, is going to have to produce a, a permanent resident card, which entitles them to work, an employment authorization document, which is a document issued by uh, the U.S. Citizenship and Immigration Service, which entitles somebody to work and have a Social Security card. In other words, you can't just uh, legally bring somebody on board and put them on a payroll when uh, they don't show you any documentation to show that they're entitled to work in this country legally. And the law requires the employer not only to request that documentation, but to keep it on file. And the, uh, the immigration service can come in and do a raid at any time and go to that office and request all the documentation for all the workers that are there. And the employers can be fined. They call it a 9-9 investigation. And they can be fined a lot of money uh, for having folks. And, you know, they've had raids like into Walmarts and different, you know, uh, uh, where I was in Georgia one time. They had uh, the uh, the carpet industry, you know, the 75% of the uh, carpet industry is in and around this town called Dalton, Georgia, you know, Mohawk, you all the big companies. They went in and raided all these folks. And, uh, you know, lo and behold, you know, 30, 40% of the workers had uh, improper documentation and, you know, it added up to significant, significant fines for these employers. That's the, the legal regimen that's set up in order to try to, you know, regulate this. Unfortunately, as you know from the story, uh, this is being violated a lot by a lot of employers. They tried an online system for a while. It didn't really work in order to be able to verify these documents and so on uh, and cut down on the, the, uh, the, 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 the enforcement issue of having so many you know, uh, uh, agents have to go raid a place and people running away and the whole you know, uh, ensuing chaos. But that's really the system that's set up right now in this country to enforce uh, this this issue of you know proper documentation and to be able to you know have uh, the workers uh, entitled to work have the job to begin with uh, and uh, sadly you know it, it's like many other laws it gets uh, ignored quite frequently. Enrique, who's at who's at fault there? Is it the is it the company who's not who's accepting the documentation and not verifying it? 
Is it the individual presenting documentation that's fraudulent or not accurate? Where's the middle ground there? Well, it's like most things in life, uh, everybody has a little blame. So uh, we have a little situation with the IRS, the Internal Revenue Service. Internal Revenue Service gives out a taxpayer identification number. Uh, you know, EIN, we say for the employer, but TIN for the taxpayer. Uh, they give out this number. Well, curiously, the number has three digits, dash, two digit, dash, four digit. What does it look like? A Social Security mm-hmm. number. And so people go in with this IRX, uh, IRS taxpayer identification number and utilize it as if it was a Social Security number. They give it to the employer. The employer says, okay, great, no problem. They start, you know, taking, deducting money and sending it to Social Security. After about a year, Social Security sends a letter to the employer. Hey, we don't have an account corresponding to this number. What's going on? Who is this guy? Then the employer comes back to the, the employee and says, hey, what is this? This number is no good. That's time to get another job. Move down the street and do it to the next guy. Right? So... <laughs> <laughs> and this is, and the IRS asks no questions and, 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 and takes the money. And right. later, these folks have no right to retirement or anything else that they would otherwise have if they had a valid Social Security. And so the government's getting money in the general revenue, so they don't ask any questions. And they're happy to take the, the immigrant's money. The immigrant gets no benefit. And the employer winds up having to lose a good employer that he trained after one year because the documentation is not proper. Let me ask Lou. Will we hold our uh, union employers to certain standards? And obviously, you know, they're, you know, they're signatory contractors that dedicate, um, you know, uh, that are dedicated to the union costs and are paying fair wages and, 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 and under working, great working standards. How do these employees slip under the radar, these individuals that we're talking about in regard, you know, the predatory employers that are out there um, slithering through the cracks, in my opinion, luring individuals from other com- countries because they know they're there and they're willing to do it? Well, I think it's a lot more insidious than maybe Enrique uh, stated. I think that, that the government, because the powers that be and the economic powers that be in, in place of people like the ABC, the non-union contracting company, you know, employers organization, and the meatpacking industry, and all these other industries who have a lot of say in Washington, um, just they don't want the government to enforce the law because they make so much money at it. They, they're allowed to pay lower wages and lower, lower work, worse working conditions and avoid uh, income taxes and avoid, they put in, they 1099 them, they misclassify them, um, they, they, they don't have to pay uh, overtime or, or lower wages or workers' comp, if I might have said that twice. So I don't think mm-hmm. it's as... as um, I think the government doesn't want to enforce the law because they know it will hurt their own employers, and especially people like the ABC and, and, and the employer organizations. They go, we, we don't want immigration crackdowns. We, we, you know, and, and, and not only that, it really hurts an honest employer that plays by the rules and pays taxes, and withholding tax and health insurance yep. and overtime and, and all the things that, that, that Americans have come to expect, um, but they can get away with it. So how can an honest employer compete Right. With a guy who's who's cutting all the corners without without you know without a hey nani nani. Lou, let me a- Lou, let me ask you the same question that I asked Enrique. Who's at fault? Is it the company who is accepting the documentation provided and not verifying it? Is it the employee who's providing that documentation? 
Well, look, the employee's just a guy that wants to work. He was like my grandparents and your grandparents and Enrique's parents or grandparents and all of our parents and grandparents. My father-in-law was an immigrant. My grandparents were immigrants. They just want to work. And so they'll do whatever they can. But these employers, you tell me if I'm wrong, Enrique. They know these are phony documents. They know that that, that this is a a sham uh, uh, procedures and and they don't care because there's really not that much penalty of it. Look, you start putting yeah. employers in jail for a year or two, I'll bet you they stop, and I'll bet you. But that's not the point. The point is we got to make it so these guys these these guys working for a living, these people, men and women who are like working as bus boys and construction workers, they got to they've got to have a path to citizenship. So we get yeah. them to be when when they become citizens, they're going to be union members just because I know that because. Every other wave of immigrants has done that. My parents and my grandparents, Joe, your grandparents, Enrique's grandparents, everyone, when they came, became able to join the union, the first thing they did was join it. And you know what's amazing about that, Lou? Enrique, you said when we were talking about this, the penalties to these employers are almost non-existent. And, and you would mention that you know, I, I think I think the you know, some of the big corporations get involved, and and there's almost no fear on their side. So it's almost like a big lure. They know there's a, an underground industry in America, and people are coming to be a part of it. Well, even when they get caught, you know, then they negotiate down the fines. So if the fine was supposed to be twenty million dollars, they negotiate it down, and they pay a hundred thousand. You know, so yep. then there's a slap on the wrist. So it's like the criminal court. You go in for, you know, a major felony. You come out with a minor misdemeanor because we, we cut a plea bargain deal because we don't have enough room in the jail and we don't have enough time, you know, to, to prosecute you or whatever. So we give you a deal and set you set you out. You know, this is what's going on all the time. So we're getting this this wholesale justice in the criminal court. We're getting the same thing in with regard to the labor force and the immigration situation. They're, they're just looking for a quick way to move people along. But one of the things I'd like to say is, you know, with our immigration laws, everybody focuses on the border, you know, the southern border. And I was and, just know, going to say that. In illegally. Right. Yeah, but, but there's a lot of other issues involved. And yep. so, as Lou said correctly, you know, if folks had an avenue, a path, even if it took five or ten years or they had to pay a significant amount of money, if they had a way to say, look, I'm a hardworking guy, I come here to do the right thing, I haven't broken the laws, you know, I have a, a family that I need to feed and everything else, I want to do the right thing, and they were able to have a, an avenue to come forward and get a driver's license and get a, a legitimate Social Security and get some kind of work permit and, and have an avenue, a path, even if it took 10 years, they would take it. Instead, what the law says is, well, there's no other way to do it, you got to get married got to marry you a citizen. So what do we have? A bunch of sham marriages all over the place. You know, I got a woman with no teeth marrying a young 19-year-old kid, and she's a <laughs> six-year-old woman. And I'm saying, you know, you know, really? And he said, I, I, I got to stay here. I got to do it. I said, you can't find, you can't get something better than that, six-year-old woman. You know, but he said, well, everybody else wanted too much money. This is don't kind of a ridiculous it. joke <laughs> that we were dealing with, <laughs> right? So this, is, this has to be changed. And it's only going to take legislation from Congress. And, you know, we're going to need uh, to take a realistic look at the situation. And we depend on these workers. And we, we, we need them to get legal. We need them to pay taxes. We need them to contribute to the system, to join the union, to do all the things that we all want to do. Enrique hey, Rosario. Let me jump in here for a second. Enrique, Lou, I think Lou, that- Lou, Lou, hold your yeah. thought. i got to get to a commercial right. break. We'll, join, we'll come to you uh, right after the uh, commercial break. We'll start the next segment with Lou Ager, along with Enrique Rosario and Joe Doc. I'm Krause on Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor. Back in a moment. 
portions of tonight's edition of The Labor Show are sponsored by Sprinkler Fitters Local 692, Iron Workers Local 405, and Steam Fitters Local 420. We're going to try to work with Republicans in a bipartisan way to find solutions to what really is not working. And back here live on Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor as we come to you on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Enrique Rosario is uh, with us along with uh, Lou Ager. Lou, I'll come to you as promised. I will say, my friend, one of the benefits of eventually looking ahead to the future when COVID-19 settles down and we can get back in the studio, I feel as though you're more fired up when you're in the studio uh, than when you're joining when you're joining us uh, from your phone. So, but uh, let me come to you and jump in i know you wanted to get in there right at the end of the last segment yeah um to address what enrique said about passing legislation i don't think congress wants to pass lead there's too much money involved in exploitation of elite of undocumented americans it's just too much money involved and 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 if i may say one thing about calling people you know about elite you know this is illegal and putting kids in cages because they're illegal apartheid is legal Slavery was legal, and the Holocaust was legal. Let's not worry about the law as much as the morality of the situation. Absolutely. And, 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 and having said that, Lou, um, one of the things I think that we're bringing to light here is, uh, like en- Enrique said, you know, we're worried about a wall and, 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 we're walking, and borders, but the truth of the matter is is that uh, in individuals are coming over into this country to work, and, and it's because they know there's a, a whole underground uh, you know, arena an industry that will support them. And, yep. you know, so, so two wrongs don't make a right at that point. And we're only seeing, you know, we're only seeing the, you know, the part at the wall where people are sni- We're not looking at, you know, the entire industry here of predatorial contractors and employers that are taking advantage of I'm confused. Of these I'm confused at what you're saying. The, the statement that you made, people are coming here to work. That's the American because dream. They, I, that's I get what, it. That's what they but want. They, but they're undocumented and they know they can get work here because they know there's employers that are willing to, that are willing to t- take advantage of them and do all those things. Enrique, tell me what your thoughts are on that. Okay, so we're back to the, the law because, you know, if people in Mexico City or in Guatemala City or in any of these places uh, were able to go to the U.S. Embassy and say, look, I want to work, I'm a hardworking guy, and they said, well, we can let so many of you come in a year just to work, and we'll let you, you know, come and stay for a year and have to, you know, uh, whatever, do a process or whatever. If there were some other laws that allow these people to come legally, they don't want to sneak across the border. They don't want to do it illegally. They don't give a choice because they don't have any other option. But so if they, they were doing like it the just... right way, there'd be there'd be employers that would be doing it the right way as well. These individuals are coming over because yeah, there is no the, process, and they the know they can. Right. Yeah. Right. That's exactly right. That's exactly. And in and in past times, if you study the history of immigration in this country, that's what they did. So it was encouraged. So people have this notion. Well, when my father came from Italy, he had a job waiting for him, and he had a visa. And he had nonsense. They got on boats, and they were poor no, people. Right. They came to Ellis <laughs> Island, and everybody was let in. And the guy's name was, you know, uh, whatever. Uh, uh, I forgot the the real name. But they said, oh, you're from Corleone. Now you're named Corleone, right? And they let you in, right? So, you know, this is what went on. And, and it was open immigration. You know, it was, and the Chinese came like that, and so many other groups came. Even the Mexicans. For so many years, that border that we're so concerned about, that was open. And people just crossed it and went back and forth seasonally. And it was no problem. Well, one small detail, you know, up until, you know, the middle of the 19th century, all that southwest was all Mexico anyway, right? So 
Texas was Mexico and, you know, Colorado, New Mexico, California, Arizona. That's all Mexico anyway. And those folks have been coming back and forth, you know, three, hundreds of years to, to do labor and go back, you know, seasonally. So, you know, the, the hypocrisy of all this to act like, you know, these babies on the border now are the, are the criminals and these guys that are looking. I had a case in, in York County before a judge. We tried to get a, a bond, you know, a bail for a guy. He's a working guy. He wants to go back to his family. And the judge said to him, he said, well, how do you get to work? And the guy said, well, I drive. And the judge said, you drive? You're driving? You don't have a driver's license? You don't have insurance? You don't have anything? You're, you know, you're, you're a danger to the community. Lock them up. He said, the guy said, well, I have to feed my kids. I don't know how else to you know, get to work. I, I, you know, I, I'm desperate. He said, that's your problem, sir. You can kill anybody, right? Now, you think that guy wouldn't get a driver's license if they let him? That he wouldn't get a work permit if they let him? He just wants to feed his children, right? But he's a criminal, and we got to lock him up and get him out of the country. Come on. And we got criminals walking around, attacking people, mugging people, raping people, and they, they get let out on bond. Or, you know, come on now. We, we have to come up with a better system. So what you're, say, you're, you're saying, they want to do it right. They just don't have a path to do it right. That's right. That's right. Give them no choice. Give them no Luke. choice. And then people are driven into this, you know, this stuff. And I think the union would benefit greatly. If there was a system to bring workers legally, because like Lou said, I think most folks would want to join a union and they would want to work legally and they want to do the right thing. And if you ask these employers who are doing the wrong thing, a lot of them say, look, I want the immigrants. They work their butt off. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, and, and there's no question about that. I want to segue a little bit into what, what, uh, the really hot button issue, sanctuary cities. OK. And and, you know, you, you, you know, you, you hear a lot about it. There's a lot of fear about sanctuary cities, and there's, uh, you know, you know, frankly, a lot of political, uh, you know, you know, really wars going on about about sanctuary cities. Obviously, um, I, you know, there's there need, in my opinion, there's misconceptions. If you would, Enrique, tell our listeners what an, an, an a a sanctuary city is and what the benefits are of an of a sanctuary city. Okay, so what happened here was that all the big cities, Los Angeles, Chicago, New York, Boston, all, all the big cities in the United States for years, uh, they obviously have a concentration of, you know, folks, uh, you know, doc, uh, undocumented uh, people walking in the city. And uh, so, you know, uh, the federal government, the ICE, uh, would say to the city, hey, look, if you find someone who doesn't have the proper documentation and your local police arrest them, you have an uh, obligation to inform us. And within 72 hours, we will come and pick the person up and, you know, take them into custody, into federal custody and, uh, you know, process them for deportation. So for many years, a lot of these big cities had the jail half full with real criminals, people who did crimes and then illegals. And it became a burdensome situation. And they also found that it was unworkable because somebody who was undocumented would not call the police officer, would not call the fireman, would not call anybody because they were afraid that they would ask him for documents and arrest them. So the cities got wise and said, hey, wait a minute, we have a job. Our job is to protect the health and welfare of the local residents, whether they be legal, illegal or whatever. We don't. That's your job, federal government, to decide who's legal and illegal. And we're not going to spend our budget and put our citizens at risk asking them to, you know, uh, to asking you asking us to enforce this immigration law, which is not our jurisdiction. So you do your job. We'll do ours. And so that's where the sanctuary city came about, because they started saying, we're not going to start arresting folks and holding folks for ICE. We're just going to say documents or no documents. If you committed a crime, you stay in jail. If you didn't, you walk. Lou? And that's what's going on. Lou? Yeah, I mean, I mean, they've all, you know, they, 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 sanctuary city has been um, mis- misportrayed. First of all, 
you're a woman and you're illegal and you're raped and you know you can't go to the police because you could you could be deported. You're a, you're a victim of a crime. You're a victim of domestic abuse, and you can't you can't report that. So the sanctuary city movement just said, all right. It, this is, I mean, it's a trade-off because, you know, it, it will protect citizens, it will protect women, especially vulnerable women, uh, you know, or, or subject to sex trafficking and sexual assault and, and people who are, who are victims of crimes and, or witnesses to victims of, of the crimes who are afraid of coming forward. Um, so that's who it's meant to, to protect. But you got to remember, if you're if you're picked up for a, a serious misdemeanor or a felony, and you're elite and you don't have papers to to be in this country, you're in trouble. You're going to ICE. It's not them. It's the guy who you know I don't know drinks a beer on the corner, you know, in a paper bag or whatever, or, or litters, or drives too fast and gets arrested. He doesn't get turned over to ICE. But they're serious criminals. They're the real criminals. They do get turned over to ICE under sanctuary city still. Is that I'm, I'm correct, aren't I, Enrique? Yeah, absolutely. And and Obama, the Obama administration was criticized heavily because there were actually more deportations under Obama than there were under the previous uh, Bush administration. And one of the reasons was was because Obama's ep- emphasis was on criminal aliens. And so they said, look, if you're just somebody who doesn't have papers, we're not going to focus on you. We're going to, you know, administratively close your case. We're not going to necessarily go aggressively after you. But if you have criminal background, those are the people we want to focus on and we want to detain them and deport them. So they had a high, you know, incidence of deportation because there were a lot of criminal, uh, you know, guys with DUIs, multiple DUIs, things like that. They were deporting people on a regular basis. But, uh, you know, now it's been, you know, kind of changed to where people are saying, well, you know, it doesn't matter. They're all dangerous. They're all criminals. They're all bad. And this is really not true. You know, the majority of the folks that come in here undocumented, uh, it's a very low percentage that have any criminal contact. There's no uh, difference between a guy coming from the Dominican Republic or Mexico than there was between uh, the, than, than my grandparents coming from Poland. No difference at all. Saturday Night Live with Saturday Night Live with Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. I apologize, Lou, for walking over you there. Right. We're going to get to our final commercial break uh, here on the Labor Show, and we'll continue back in a moment. Portions of tonight's edition of The Labor Show are sponsored by IATSE Local 8, District 1199C, and News Guild 10. Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor as we come to you on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Lou Ager, President, Philadelphia Metal Trades Council, Business Agent, Organizer, Legal Counsel at Operating Engineers Local 542 is our one guest, Enrique Rosario, who's an immigration attorney from the law offices of Enrique Rosario, our other guest, providing J-Doc some great content. Before we jump back into our uh, final segment, I do want to share one quick bullet point that I meant to reference at the bottom of the hour uh, for everybody tuning into the Labor Show tonight. Um, as you know, Jay Doc, uh, big news for Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor uh, starting in uh, September, uh, August to the right to the beginning of September. Uh, we expand to two hours uh, on Saturday night. So a conversation like we're having tonight uh, that runs under the time constraints of just an hour will have two hours will be on every week starting in the fall from 6 to 8 p.m. right here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Absolutely, Joe. Really looking forward to that. And if, if I'm not incorrect, I think Lou Ager is going to be on for an hour and a half every week. <laughs> Lou, <laughs> Lou, are you good, brother, for that? <laughs> hey, an hour and a half. Why not two? 
Yeah. Well, J-Doc gets the other 30 minutes, brother. Well, that, that's the end of dinner with the wife, Luke. Uh, having, said, having said that, guys, uh, um, let's, let's talk about solutions here. Uh, it's been a hot-button issue in the news. It's been a political football. Uh, there's been all kinds of fear-mongering when it comes to immigration. Um, let's talk about uh, you know, the solutions uh, with undocumented you know, across the board so we can get some answers and get this thing straight. Lou, what's the first thing we need to do? Path to citizenship, punish unscrupulous employers. I don't think there's much else than that. What do you think, Enrique? I, I agree 100%, but in order to satisfy certain people, I think, you know, to secure the borders, and the border is not just the southern border, it's not just the border with Canada, it's also all these international airports and seaports that we have all over this country where people come in every day, and one of the things that nobody ever talks about is that folks come in with all kinds of visas, and they come in legally, and then they stay for the rest of their lives. And this is comprises the majority of people who are, quote, unlawfully present, are people who came in that way, not across that border. And that, that needs to be said every time we talk about immigration. You know, Enrique, they talk about the, the amount of violent criminals that are in this country, you know, and that's normally the hot button issue. Um, is that overplayed and is it exaggerated for political purposes? Absolutely. Uh, that's, a, that's a quick, you know, yes or no answer. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's way overplayed. Yeah. I mean, it happens. And yes, it's unfortunate. But the, the majority, majority, majority of people that come in here, whether they come in legally and stay or whether they uh, come in uh, what we call EWI, which is uh, entry without inspection, and the majority, overwhelming majority, I would say, you know how people say what they talk about the police, 99% are, you know, good cops. Well, you know, 99% of the immigrants are good people. And it's just, you know, a, a point I want to make to correct myself, it's Vito Andolini. Oh, was his name from Corleone? I just wanted to say that as a Godfather lover. You're you're right about that. You're right about yeah. that. And and have, having said that, you know when 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 uh, when we're talking about undocumented, um, one of the things that's important in in the conversation, Enrique, you you you're you're always talking about doing things in a legal fashion. You're you, you know that 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 is is important to you. How come? Uh, you know, the conversation always sways in this country to, uh, you know, in, in, illegals coming in and constantly breaking the law and doing things like that. Do you think most of the uh, immigrants coming to this country want to do it the right way? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's what I've been doing for 25 years. I tell you that just like, uh, you know, Lou said, you know, people come, they want to work. They want to bring their families. They want to raise their kids. They want, you know, to have a better life. They want their kids to get an education. They want, you know, to, to do the right thing. And, you know, it's not like they're all being forced to do the wrong thing. You know, there's some bad people that come in and, and are going to do the wrong thing. That's true for, you know, every, every, pop, every group of people. But the reality is, is that the over, overwhelming majority of folks really would be happy to go to the right avenues and pay whatever money and do whatever time or whatever was necessary to be able to, you know, become legal. And I also think to take the next step, which is not just to get, you know, because people misunderstand and say, well, they want to be citizens. Well, there's a, there's a way to become a citizen. You have to get permanent residency. You have to be a permanent resident for five years. And then after that, then you have to apply for naturalization. And there's a, a extensive process. And they do, you know, they check it through Interpol and they check your FBI fingerprints and they run a, a background check on everything. And, they, you know, so it, there's a process and eventually you become a united states citizen naturalized citizen and you can do anything anybody can do except you can't be president of the united states and who really wants that job having said really? that uh, uh, you know <laughs> i i i want to ask lou as a labor leader who as somebody who fights every day for workers rights and workers sta standards and workers conditions uh, how much 
uh, does it get up your crawl that individuals, uh, they're human beings, are being taken advantage of uh, every day in the workplace and in, in, in conditions that are literally unimaginable. And a lot of those and, and a lot of those companies and those individuals that are taking advantage of them are our own country companies, small little Mickey Mouse companies, but even some bigger companies in the United States of America. How does that make you feel every day? Well, I mean, look, how can you organize people when they know that if they open their mouth, they're going to be deported or they're going to get turned over to ICE by their employer? How can you tell people they got to get overtime? How can you tell people you, you're, if you're hurt on the job, there's a, you're supposed to be compensated? You know that you can't because they know that if they open their mouth, they're going to get right. deported. And, and let me just say one thing about 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 criminals being here: if people aren't afraid to, of being deported, they will testify against the criminals in our community, but they Correct. can't. They can't because there's always that fear. And one more thing: as far as I know. Krause, Doherty, Ager, and Rosaria are not a Navajo name. Yeah, I was just going to say, none, <laughs> none of us are Native Americans. That's, that's the one thing I hey, think is important. I mean, I think Joe, we should be – go ahead. Joe, go ahead. Can I jump in? I just want to say there is a, a thing called a U visa, and a U visa allows someone who's been a victim of a crime to apply for you know a, a, a protection under the immigration laws, and they have to get the district attorney if there's a prosecution of a case or the police if they're investigating a crime to fill out a certification, and then they get to apply you know for a benefit, right? So that exists. The problem is is that under the last you know five years or so, what they've done is is they said okay, you can apply for that, but it's going to take you five years to get a work permit and a driver's license. So the people. They apply for it, but then they get no benefit for five years, and then they just give up and walk away. So, you know, the the uh, the rule has been so you know screwed up that uh, it's it's effectively you know doesn't exist. But there is a law that allows people who are victims of crimes to come forward and to actually be protected from deportation to, in exchange for their testimony. Enrique, where are we with um, the uh, travel ban and uh, you know uh, across the world in in, in regards to um, coming to the United States? Yeah, well, at this point, we still have a system where uh, a U.S. citizen could petition a spouse or a minor child and all those things that we you know, had in the past. Unfortunately, uh, they furloughed 70 percent of the USCIS uh, workforce, so it's taking way, way longer, number one. <laughs> number two, <laughs> yeah, you know. So, uh, and number two is that when it finally gets to the State Department, when they send it to the U.S. embassies, those appointments that used to take uh, you know, a month or two to get an appointment once the case arrived at the embassy, that's taking a year or two. So, uh, effectively, what, what Trump has done is, like, slow it down to such a degree that it's, you know, it's, it's not even happening. So, um, you know, which is uh, Stephen Miller, who is his advisor, has come up with a lot of different strategies in order to, you know, sort of slow down legal immigration as well as go after, you know, the unlawful immigration. Uh, Lou, where where should organized where, where should organized labor uh, stand on on this fight, and what should we do to 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 help it out, to help immigration, to help individuals who want to live the American dream come to this country and do it the right way? Ninety seconds, gentlemen. We should talk to the Congress people. Let's get a path to citizenship. Let's get the best hardworking people in here. They've always been what has made America great. The reason America is the greatest country in the world is because the best people came here. The people that wanted a different future. The people that were risk takers. The people that looked back at the last thousand years and said, this is not for me. I want better for me. I want better for my children. And that's what made America great. 
and as far as if we can get those people back here, they will revitalize our country. They will change our culture. You know, it was nice, you know, we could listen to Latino music and Polish polkas and, and Irish jigs and Jewish klezmer, and, and it just enriches us all. Absolutely. Enrique? 30 seconds, sir. Enrique, you get last word on the show. Okay, it's going to be quick. I'll try to get it in there. Uh, my father just passed away uh, over Christmas time. You know, it seems like yesterday, but it's already seven months. But he came here with a third grade education. Uh, he didn't know his own mother. He grew up in the street, uh, and he raised a family. Uh, you know, I'm a lawyer, Ivy League lawyer, you know, at University of Pennsylvania. My brother's a lawyer. My sister was an insurance executive. The other one was a school teacher. You know, the American dream lives. And anybody who wants to work and who's willing to do the right thing and live a clean life and raise their children the right way can have children who are lawyers, doctors, presidents, governors, and everything else. So I believe in this country. And so thank you guys for having me in this. I, it's a very important show because, you know, the worker and the immigrant, you know, that's really, you know, two sides of the same coin. So uh, thank you so much. I appreciate the opportunity. Enrique, Rosa- Enrique Rosario, Lou Ager, and J-Doc, along with Krause here on Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor. On behalf of all of our listeners tuning in tonight, I'm Joe Krause. See you next time, everybody. Portions of tonight's edition of The Labor Show have been sponsored by Sheet Metal Workers Local 19, CWA, Communication Workers of America, and AFSME Local 1739, DC 47. This program is a paid commercial announcement and does not reflect the views of WPHD or its management.